Father God, I invite, uh, invite you to minister to us this morning. We pray that you will pour your spirit in this house and uh, fill our hearts and our minds and, and uh, refresh our bodies. We pray for healing. We pray for guidance. We pray for provision in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, we uh, here at Blue Water Mission, if you're visiting, we like to warm up for the sermon. So we're going to warm up today um, with, uh, with a scripture verse from uh, Philippians 4. Uh, it's a verse that is one of those uh, popular memory verses. So, so some of you may know this already from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, a group of Jesus followers in, in the town of Philippi. And in that letter, he advised them, do not be anxious about anything. Some translations will say, don't worry about anything. But in every situation, in prayer, with petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you guys know that verse already? It's a pretty good one, pretty good. That, that peace that transcends understanding is just an encouragement to seek God for provision instead of freaking out with anxiety and worry uh, when you need something. Uh, pretty basic advice, but, but man, it seems applicable. Uh, what's something that you need right now in your life? What's something that you need? Just think about it. I'll give you, oh, eight seconds. What's something that you need? Something that you need. Do you need a healing? You sick, you injured, you need a healing in your body, or you need God to heal somebody close to you. Do you need a job? You need some employment, something to help you make ends meet. Uh, do you need more faith to grapple with a big decision in your life? Maybe, maybe you need faith from God. Do you need clarity? about what's going on and where you're going. Do you need friendship? It's pretty basic. Just, you know, I, I just really need some co-travelers in life. I just really need some friendship and some companionship. Or maybe you are among those who can say something like, yeah, actually, I'm pretty good right now. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty well supplied. Uh, thank you very much. So do you need something like that? All right, turn to the people next to you and say, well, this, this, is, this is what I need. And if it's like way too personal to share and way too awkward, one, share it anyway. Or two, um, just be like, uh, I, uh, I can't really say, uh, but, uh, but I need something. Or if you're one of those people that'd be like, yeah, actually, I'm pretty good. That's fine, too. That's encouraging for those of us who need something. So go ahead, share, turn to the stranger next to you. If you're sitting next to a friend, uh, it will be a strange friend. This is Blue Water, so go ahead. This is our warm-up. This is our warm-up. All right, all right. That's enough of that. That's enough friendliness. How many of you felt like you needed something? Raise your hand. Needed something? Yeah. 
So uh, let's just pray. Father, uh, we have voiced our needs before you. Uh, we are encouraged to make our requests known to God, so we lift these up to you. We pray that as you are the God of provision uh, by hundreds of promises in Scripture, we know that you're God of provision. We pray that you will provide what we need. We pray that you would meet our needs today, that you would give us our daily bread. In Jesus' name, we trust in you and drink of your peace. Amen. High fives all around. Yeah, we did it. Uh, we worry a lot in life. Uh, we humans worry uh, uh, because, because why? And why do we worry? Because we're just designed that way. Excellent. Yeah, why, why, why do you worry? Why do we worry? Fear. We worry because we have worry. I will accept that. All the tautology. Um, yeah, why, why do we worry, you think? Lack of control, because we don't control everything. And as soon as I get control of everything, it's time to worry. Uh, you know, we worry because in one way, <coughs> shape, or form, we truly believe that provision is uncertain, right? The future is unknown. We don't have control of everything. So, so we choose to believe that provision is uncertain. And Jesus spends a huge amount of time, I mean, a huge amount of time in his body of teaching, targeting the problem of worry. He's constantly speaking to anxiety, constantly speaking to fear. The number one most repeated command in all the New Testament is do not fear. Do not worry. Don't be afraid. It's, it's all over the place. Uh, Jesus says, don't worry about anything, or in the older translations, worry for nothing. Well, it doesn't translate into modern English as well, but don't worry about anything. That's what he tells us to do, especially, very, very especially, money. We are just not allowed to worry about money as followers of Jesus. Uh, we are starting today a sermon series on, on culture. And this is just kind of a prep uh, sermon, but I want to talk about just kind of what goes on in the world, particularly about what's going on in the broader world, national, state culture right now, because as we say around Blue Water, culture is the best coach. Culture is that connection of things, you know, norms, expectations, ways of doing things that, that coach us, that encourage us to be certain ways, even when we're not thinking about it. You know, culture is really pervasive. We try to build a culture of faith here, but in the world there's a culture of other stuff that's always shaping us and always working on us. Culture is the best coach, whether you want it to be or not, and, and I'm afraid we're being coached by the broader culture in ways that, that one, you might not even notice, and, and two, you might not realize are leading to destruction. And so we're going to just do a meditation on culture and what's going on, and not that I, I'm an alarmist, not that I am a prude, uh, but in the midst of, of what in the world right now is unprecedented peace and unprecedented prosperity. We are in the longest period of peace between large nations that the world has ever known. Right now we are in the largest season of prosperity, the deepest, richest season of prosperity the world has ever known. Every day, 300,000 people around the globe are lifted from poverty. It's incredibly prosperous. But how many of you feel peaceful and prosperous? You know, is that really what the cultural dialogue has been about? And it's just really, really fascinating, uh, says a lot. So we're going we're gonna to talk uh, about that. And, and also because 
in culture, I think some storms are coming and it's worth being forewarned and ready. Uh, there's going to be open opportunities for spiritual renewal and revival, I think, but there's going to be some crises as well. So we're going to take a look at culture, but I want to start this week uh, with a very brief mention of something that dominates almost every culture in the world, and that is, of course, money. Money makes the world go round, uh, we were taught from a very young age. Jesus talks about money more than he talks about any other issue. He talks about money and wealth and anxiety about money and wealth. He talks about love, if you go through his Bible teachings, around 15 times, one five, because love is really important. He talks about money and wealth, depending a little bit on how you count, 62 times. So by a factor of four to one, he's talking about money more than like love. Why? Because money is more important than love? No, but because Jesus knows that money, more often than not, is how the world gets us. Um, money is, is usually the chief way that the world dominates our lives. You know, it's not, <clears throat> it's not, it's not partying, it's, it's, not, it's not sex, it's not prayerlessness, it's not theological doubt, it's not laziness. Money, more often than not, is, is how the sickness begins in human beings. And the deal is we all tend to be money sick. It's not just that we all worry about money. It's, it's that most people make money lord of their lives. Most people make money lord of their lives. It's just a bedrock of culture. We make money lord of our lives even without thinking about it, which is the scary thing. We follow money around. There are a lot of people, a lot of humans in, in our culture and in every other culture as well, they, they, they move for money. You pick up and move yourself across the nation for a better job, for more income, for a more profitable living. Why are you here? If I surveyed you, a lot of you would be living in Hawaii because of money, right? Because of employment, gainful employment. Is that sinful? No, it's not sinful. It's not sinful, but you must be conscious of what you're doing when you do it. And a lot of people just chase around the paycheck as if, well, obviously that's what you should do. Obviously the paycheck is what determines where I live. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouldn't God determine where you live? Shouldn't God's purpose for you kind of determine your community and who you're hanging out with and who you're ministering to? You know, and it's subtle. It's not, it's not black and white, you know, but, but my point is that a lot of us just give the paycheck the first priority as if really there's no other choice. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll fit in God's purposes as time uh, allows and, and if, if we don't think that through, it can sort of erode our soul. It can sort of take away our spiritual oomph. Um, it's hard to make a living on, on this island, you know. It's the number one worst place in America to make a living, according to surveys. Uh, but, you know, even that said, I can't tell you how many Blue Water disciples, how many Blue Water families have left the church, left the island even though they were paying their bills fine, you know, but they left for a slightly better job. And then, you know, I'll get emails back from them like, oh, you know, I really miss Blue Water. I can't find a good church. I feel like I'm really not ministering like I used to. I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that happens. Not that it's sinful uh, to have a bigger paycheck, but, you know, it happens a lot. That's just one example. Um, 
We don't want to be chasing money around in life, is what I'm saying. We want to be chasing God's purpose. We want to be following after Jesus. And of course, all that stuff aside, it's often money anxiety that ruins us. You wake up in the morning, you're worried about money. You go to bed at night, you're worried about money. And, uh, and that can erode the mind. That can suck away your faith uh, like nobody's business. And to escape money anxiety, we often chase money. Anyway, we get, we get money sick. I think, I think jobs are a big deal. I think money is a big deal in life. Work is a holy thing. It's a big part of all of our lives. Uh, the reason I'm unusually scruffy this morning, unshaven, and my hair is a little longer, is because, um, yeah, because I don't have money for a haircut. And, yeah, so, but money is not Lord of my life. So. No, it's uh, a longtime Blue Water member, uh, Julie uh, Fulginiti, uh, many of you know. Uh, she's been coming to the church office for years to cut my hair. It's just sort of, she had this roving salon service and a good friend of mine. And, and she's opening a, a, her own salon now, her own barber salon. She's opening Kaimuki and Wailai Avenue. And, and she's like, not just a stylist, but she's a barber. Like, you know, she does the shaves and the fades and all of that stuff. And, and so she's opening, <laughs> opening the shop, this old time where she's got like the reclining chair, chair and, you know, she mixes up the shave cream and shaves you with a straight razor and, you know, like you see in, in the old Western movies. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be your first customer. I was like, I'm, I'm in on that. Uh, and so I, uh, I booked the very first uh, appointment at her new salon. And, uh, but I thought, when I go in, she's going to earn it, you know. <laughs> so so I, I've avoided getting a haircut for like a month. And, you know, I'm going to go in with like a five or six day beard and uh, it's going to be memorable. But that's a story that I love to be part of because it's a story of work and provision and it's where we live and it's something that we've prayed through for, I don't know, years at this point and she's in like uh, Julie Olson's townside Ohana group and, you know, they've been talking about it and praying about it and it's just sort of, you know, it, it is real life and I just love those stories of, uh, you know, scarcity to provision. And, and I think it's a mark of money health that we should all have money adventures. We should have, in terms of our money, our earning, and how we get by, the hallmark of the Jesus follower is that we should all have interesting stories to tell about our money. You know? It doesn't have to be this kind of story or that kind of story. Everybody's money life is different. But they should be stories worth telling. Because what God wants to give us is, is not a lot of money, it's not a little money. He doesn't want to make us millionaires. He doesn't want to make us poor. But he wants to make us free. He wants to make us free from money. So it's just one more tool in life. It does not dominate us. And in my experience, the best way, best way to make sure that's, that's true for us is, is just have interesting money stories to tell. Have you done something interesting with your money? Have you done something interesting with the way that you live or the way that you earn? I hope so, because if, you, if you've done that, then that's, uh, that's pretty healthy stuff. I have a uh, scripture here. 
I'm going to wrap up because we're going to move on to something else, but this is from Matthew 6, and it's pretty, pretty famous scripture, pretty basic. No one can serve two masters, Jesus is saying to a, a pretty a pretty rabble crowd, a pretty downscale tra- crowd. He says, no one can serve two masters. He w- either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's how he boils down his teaching. That's how he boils down life. Look, in life you can only have one master. You can't serve both God and money. Therefore, I'll tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't stress, they don't store away in barns, they don't have any 401ks, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, you can subtract some. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Come on, guys. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for, for the pagans? Uh, Older translations say the Gentiles, but what it really means is the unbelievers, people who don't even believe in God, run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's your Father after all, is the point. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Uh, The most fascinating thing about this passage uh, to me is that Jesus boils down life to, you can't serve both God and money. It's God versus money. Now, I I would have expected him to boil down life, you know, in different ways. Look, you can't serve both God and sin, or you can't serve both God and the devil, but he doesn't. When he boils it down, he says you can't serve both God and money, as if more often than not, that's the thing that tears your heart away from God, which is just a very powerful statement. Uh, that, that he's making. Um, <clears throat> serving God evidently means not worrying about money because that's where he goes with the teaching. Like, eh, if, if you, if you want to be money-free, then step one, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because God isn't just God. He's your Father, and he knows what you need, and he's going to take care of you. And then Jesus goes into these beautiful Jesus-y type illustrations of, you know, consider the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. Look, I mean, they're, they're free they're anxiety-free, and they're splendorous. You know, God's on top of it, people. God's on top of it, and somehow your life has to acknowledge that and flow in that. Uh, he's, he's saying, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added to you. you. You chase Jesus first. You chase your God-given purpose first, and then everything else will follow along accordingly, or as we say at Blue Water, in your purpose lies your power. You have to have the priorities straight. In your God-given purpose lies your power uh, for a life well-lived. And for, you know, provision too, uh, it turns out. The kicker phrase of this is when he, say, when he says, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, you can't, you can't control tomorrow anyway, but each day has enough trouble of its own. Some other translations will say each day has evil sufficient unto itself. There's enough crisis today 
to use your money on, <laughs> enough hungry people today to feed, enough children in trouble today to care for, don't be saving up for tomorrow. You know, the world needs the cash now. And that's a very challenging Jesus teaching. It's hard to live that out practically. Uh, but of course, that's not, that's not, the, uh, that's not the only uh, teaching on money uh, he gives, like I say. When, when Jesus sent out his disciples for the first time without him on their first missionary journey, uh, he, he refused to let them take any money or any extra clothes or any luggage as if to teach them how to get through life without any money at all. The upshot of that was if they learned to get by with no money, then any money they had felt like abundance and a blessing and something that they could share. He says, you know, don't be like the guy who builds bigger barns, bigger savings accounts for all of the wealth that he has. That guy's going to die just like everyone else, and then all he's going to have is, is stuff rotting in his barns. The point is not to die with more money than anyone else. Uh, when the rich young ruler, the rich young uh, socialite uh, asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life, Jesus said, well, you know, be obedient to me. And they had a little debate and they said, look, here's what you have to do. You have to sell all that you have and then follow me because money has its finger wrapped around you. Money's in control. Um, positive examples like the widow's might, you know, a poor person who shares what she has is greater than a rich person who shares more um, because a poor person gives sacrificially. In the Lord's Prayer, there's the prayer for daily bread. Not a superabundance of bread, but Jesus taught us to pray to have just enough to get by. And no more than that. Uh, you know, we could go on and on and on. The Lord provides for taxation through a coin and a fish's mouth. And there's just like dozens of stories about money and God's provision in, in Scripture. So, at Blue Water Mission, we... Knowing the, uh, the danger of money sickness and how countercultural money freedom is, uh, we, we, we work really hard to take Jesus seriously and to dry, try to build an anti-materialistic culture, a money-free culture, because that is one of the huge distinctives of, of the kingdom of God. We, we talk about four distinctives of Blue Water Mission. If you've been through our newcomers class, you've heard about this. Our distinctives are, number one, radical grace, because grace is the most foreign concept in the world, and it's at the heart of the kingdom of God. Uh, number two, supernaturalism. We make space to interact with God supernaturally, to hear from him prophetically, and, and to minister his power for healing and stuff like that, because if you don't make space for it, uh, then uh, you don't get to enjoy it. Um, mission orientation, number three. Uh, life is for ministry. Um, you're on earth for a purpose. And it's your God-given purpose that should, that should really uh, shape your life. And finally, anti-materialism. You don't want to be anti-anything, but, but um, we have to break through the materialistic uh, culture, uh, which is really... Uh, it's us trying to build a culture of generosity. Because if you're money-free, uh, then you can afford to be generous. And, and one thing I would say about Blue Water Mission is that we have succeeded at building a culture of generosity here, a radical generosity. And it started right at the inception of the church. And more than anything else, I think generosity has made Blue Water what it is. I think generosity has made us who we are. It's allowed us to do 
uh, some of the more epic things uh, that, that we have done. It's truly foundational. Um, I don't know if you've seen it this week. I will try to post it soon if it's not up, but one of the larger Christian networks in the country just did, it was like a 20-minute or 30-minute interview about our justice ministry and sort of aired it uh, in huge sections of the United States. And it's an interview primarily with Vern and with John Roberts about our community houses and our anti-trafficking safe houses and stuff like that. I know the world takes notice even when a little church through generosity uh, does something edgy uh, to care for the most marginalized. It is just uh, a powerful witness uh, whenever it happens. Time is short uh, today, uh, so let me just summarize everything uh, by saying it's amazing what you can do if you're free from money fears. It's amazing what you can do. It's amazing what a church can do, and it's amazing what an individual can do when money doesn't make you soul sick, when you're just kind of over that. Uh, So we're having a little Generosity Sunday today. One of the things that we have done at Blue Water from the very beginning is that we've decided to take 25% of all money that comes into the church, and we set it aside in a little pot, and we say, well, that money is just for the poor, just for the poor. So 25% of our income uh, goes, uh, goes out uh, directly uh, to the poor, uh, and that helps us, keeps us money free as an organization, and it, and it helps us practice generosity and to develop the sort of money culture that we want rather than the money culture that the world uh, tries to force uh, upon us. And very often, uh, this, this pot of money, we, we take from it and we use it for our own ministries to the poor, like, you know, to fund some of our anti-trafficking efforts or to repatriate some of the people that we uh, help spring from human trafficking on the island or to defray the costs of some of these safe houses that we have. And we'll use, you know, we'll use money for those things. But one really cool thing that we do is we take, we take a lot of that money and we just get to give it away. We get to give it away. And, and at, the, at the end of every year, uh, the Blue Water Board just has a, a, a super fun meeting. It's the only fun meeting the board ever has. And, and we just, like, decide who we're going to give money to, some organizations that we have relationships with. The stipulation is that when we give away money, it has to go to organizations who will take it and directly serve the poor. This is a poor fund, we call it. Uh, and we give a lot internationally. Uh, there's a lot of, of poverty and marginalization and oppression out there internationally, but we also give locally uh, to, to folks who are serving the poor here in uh, our own Aina. Uh, and, uh, and what we've done today is we've invited our local recipients to come and to get checks. Uh, and we just want to celebrate that. Yeah, that's, that's fun. So, Generosity Sunday, usually we just write the checks today. Uh, we decided this year to make them come, so those of you who have come from organizations, um, you know, thank you. Um, we're <laughs> we invited you to come uh, because it's a culture-building exercise for us and uh, a celebration of sharing, uh, which is where generosity always leads. Um, and uh, we don't want to make you jump through hoots to get a little check, but... Uh, but it's useful for us to see your faces and to celebrate what the Lord is doing uh, through uh, your organization as well. Um, You know, we've never been a rich church, Blue Water Mission. I know it's hard looking around to believe that we're not all that rich. 
as you walked across the refuse pallets that, um, you know, made bridge across the mud puddles uh, outside. But we're not, we're not a particularly, particularly rich church by any stretch. But when we do this, when we give away, when we get to share every year as a matter of opportunity and discipline, we feel rich. We feel rich. And which reminds us of the reality that we have a Heavenly Father who provides. So, yeah, yeah, I guess we are kind of rich. And in any case, we're dang free. We are the freest people uh, I've ever been a part of in terms of money and material concern. And that's because we're very intentional about stuff like this. So we have some local recipients with us today, and I want to introduce them to you, and I'm going to let each of them share for 90 seconds about what they do, which is insultingly short, and I apologize for that. Um, but uh, we have uh, about 10 of you, and uh, if, uh, if you share for more than 90 seconds, then, um, you know, God will judge you and uh, go very poorly and uh, screw up the service, and uh, so no pressure. The win for us is just that we get to see you and share our heart with you and, uh, and offer what, what blessing and aloha and uh, malama we can uh, for your uh, organization. So uh, Blue Water uh, Congregants, this is your chance to show uh, a little spiritual aloha and blessing with them as well. So I'm going to call them up uh, one by one. I got a mic here uh, somewhere. Jojo, can you grab one of those mics? Uh, and, I, and I'm told that we're going to do this in reverse alphabetical order for some reason that seemed very spiritual to Antonio. Thank you. <laughs> and not only do you get a check from Blue Water Mission, but you get a new Blue Water mug with, oh yeah, 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 with all the stops, all the stops with our Blue Water slogan, try, and, and our really cool Blue Water logo. So um, you can think about that every time uh, you drink coffee. Our first recipient is uh, tried and true. Come on, the Salvation Army. Yeah, here you go, bud. This is Major John Thomas. Your wife is here somewhere? It's really hard to find us. We're the ones in the uniforms. Yes. Well, you know, be military. So uh, here's your mug. Uh, here's your check. Uh, awesome. John, really cool guy. I've gotten a little bit of time to get to know him and talk story a little bit. The Salvation Army, you know, but, you know, the question is, uh, what, do you, what do you do for the poor around here, and what's going on? Share it with the peeps. Well, great question. Thank you so much for having us this morning and, and for your generosity to the Salvation Army. We've been here in Hawaii for 125 years, and we were invited by Central Union Church to come to Hawaii to deal with the immigrant populations. This past year, we helped about 90,000 of our Hawaii state residents. That's about 1 in 12 people here in the state of Hawaii get helped by the Salvation Army. Last year, we provided over 600,000 meals to people who are hungry. Uh, quick story, there's a, a guy by the name of Bonsai. Bonsai went through kind of uh, the whole programs growing up, living on the streets, ended up in uh, River Street, living on one of those overpasses with his shopping cart and blue tarp. We have a ministry called Revolution Hawaii, and Revolution Hawaii goes yeah. out every Sunday night for the past 15 years to bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to the homeless on the streets. It's not about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's about building a relationship. And every Sunday night, we would go to Bonsai and say, hey, Bonsai, here's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And at first, he would yell at us. He would tell us to go away. He would always take the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Over months and months of consistently going back to Bonsai, 
we finally broke down those barriers. Bonsai not only no longer lives on the streets, but he got saved. He comes to our church on Sunday night just down the street on Vineyard and Allah. You know that church right down here? Right down the street. There's countless stories just like that of people just like Bonsai, just like uh, thousands and thousands of others that we serve every year. The over 5,000 men and women that we serve through our drug and alcohol treatment programs. Davida is the name of one of the ladies that recently went through our programs, got saved. Amazing stories, transformation of living on the streets, being homeless, dealing with just countless challenges in her lives. But today, Davida is back with her family, back working and whole again. Because the Salvation Army is not just about providing a food, it's about restoration, it's about transformation of the gospel. Community, yeah. So. Thank, you. Thank you. Blessings and hugs. And this Lonnie is your wife, right? Uh, you may you may not. Uh, Craig Craig Chong, our own Craig Chong, is on the the board of Salvation Army in the State of Hawaii, and so we have that relationship as well. And nobody has done it as well or as long as the Salvation Army. So you want to meet these people. Uh, give some some a love and a, aloha. River of Life Mission. I think Eric has left. Jess, you want to come up? Oh, Bob, I'm confusing my. Can you make it up? Confusing my organizations. I should do this better. You can't find these mugs just anywhere. River of Life's organization that a lot of us have experience with. We've, we've only been here 35 years, and, uh, but our mission is... Uh, Lift it up. Our there mission is known for three R's, rescue, rehab, and reintegration. And we thank Blue Water. You've been supporting us for a long time. And uh, some of you prayed. If somebody was praying for a job, I need a guy and a girl. If you're interested in ministering to the homeless, uh, cleaning bathrooms and showers, and working for little money, you, you, you need to come see me. Sounds awesome. And, <laughs> it's right up our alley. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really good to hear all that you do. You know, when Paul wrote to the Philippians, and he, the verse that many people quote, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, he said that to a church that was given sacrificially to spread the gospel. And so I'm confident that God will continue to meet your needs because Thanks, you Craig. guys are, are doing that, and, and he's going to meet them abundantly. Thank, Thank you. you very much. River of Life. Uh, partners, partners in Development, Terry Nakamura, a guy that we know fairly well. People on the board know Partners in Development uh, pretty well. We've been uh, supporting that organization for some years, but tell, tell the newbies about it. Well, thanks for uh, your generosity. I want to say thanks from our company, but I uh, really thank you from, pretend I'm one of the participants. So I'm a single mom. My name's Bunny. I bring my two-year-old son, Kiai, to the preschool, and I want to say thank you from Bunny. Uh, so what we do, we have 10 different programs to serve the needy in our state, but um, my program that I'm involved in is Kapa'alana. We have a free preschool for homeless families. Uh, so we set up these things, and we just want to provide an education for kids that wouldn't have that opportunity. Mobile preschools, you go out, yeah? We do. So we have our vans, and we go to where they are. Uh, we have parent classes. And um, 
And it's hard to understand all that stuff. But, but if you think about Bunny, she is uh, an amazing picture of what can happen. Uh, so she's a single mom. She's been abused. Uh, her partner just got incarcerated after she got the courage to share what's happening. Uh, and that's in large part through my staff that have loved her and have listened and encouraged and counseled her. Uh, so she's free from that. She's been probably the most consistent attender to our preschool. She's brought her son every single day. He's two years old, and he's not only at his level academically, but socially, emotionally. He's telling his friends, ow, that hurt me. <laughs> Bunny is uh, encouraging uh, new parents to come in and saying, it's okay if, you're, if your kid's running around during circle time. She has been transformed, and she's just an amazing a picture of a dream that um, is become a reality. So thank you uh, for what you're doing and contributing to to my program. Um, just say we love you guys. That's good fair. And you get a mug. I didn't know there would be photo ops. Uh, Next Step Shelter, uh, Kapuatani. Next Step Shelter uh, for um, families struggling to find shelter. I've never met Kapua before. So nice to have you here, man. Thank you, man. Here's your mug. And we got a smile. <laughs> so for those who don't know about Next Step Shelter. Yeah, so I, so, I told brother, um, take a picture of me. That way, you know, my administration look, hey, brother doing something. <laughs> Finally, you know. So I'm not the guy I just kind of hang out and, you know, make like I'm doing things. You guys do the thing. I just say, come on over and, you know, hang out at our shelter. I remember Reed and um, Rylan and some of the other folks used to come down, share some time with the children. And, you know, you're right about the money thing because, um, you know, it's not really about the money, although it does help. Um, more or less, if you just can come and share some time with people, then, uh, um, you know, then, 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 you then you just did God's work. You know, that's what it's all about, doing God's work. Um, fortunately, I, I love what I do. I've been doing it for 12 years since we opened. And um, I think that was my calling. God said, go over there, bro. Get over there and go do something. So here I am. Thank you very much for sharing your law and all the love um, that you've given us through the years. Yeah. Mahalo. Thanks, man. Meet this guy. Hang out at River of Life if you get a chance. Or uh, next step if you get a chance. Oh, Mary Jane home. Another one very close to our hearts. How are you? Jordan. This is uh, Jenny, whom I'm just meeting, and Ari, whom we know very well. Photo up, smile. Craig is so good at these things. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, you're doing the talking. Uh, explain uh, the Mary Jane Home, uh, part of Catholic Charities on the island, uh, but specifically this ministry. 
Thank you so much. I'm happy to be a part of the Blue Water Ohana and also Mary Jane. Um, Mary Jane is a program of Catholic Charities Hawaii, and it's been in Hawaii for over 40 years. And what it is, is a group home for pregnant women. Apparently everybody there is pregnant, myself, yeah. and <laughs> not Jenny. <laughs> And um, we, uh, the women move into the home anytime during their pregnancy and they can stay there until the baby is four months old. So all of the women are facing some kind of housing crisis, majority single moms that are trying to figure out how to provide for a baby on their own. So it's a very uh, specific program. And then um, it's a place to live, but it's also, like I said, a place where they can come and learn and grow. So they, are, they receive individual counseling, um, infant care classes, childbirth, uh, very comprehensive and so of those of you who have had a newborn yourself you know that it's a crazy impossible task just to do that let alone being a single mom facing other challenges that our moms face like uh, leaving domestic violence situations or being in early recovery so um, thank you so much for supporting our program you guys are helping us do what continue to do what we do lovely cool stuff Oh, Ho'ola Clinic. Who's here from that? I know Ted's here. You're going to uh, represent? This is a new uh, organization that we're really excited about. Did I get, to keep this uh, I, did I get liquor? Uh, <laughs> sparkling juice. Oh, sparkling juice. Well. Bless you guys. Thanks. So, uh, so this, this is a new, a new thing right here in our own neighborhood. We're very excited about supporting you guys. Why don't you explain uh, the enterprise? Sure. Thank you. Uh, I'm Selena Chen, uh, one of the physicians. Um, and this donation that really represents our love for the Kalihi community that Blue Water Mission and Ho'ola Health and Urgent Care both share. Um, we are a not-for-profit, faith-based Christian after-hours urgent care. Ho'ola uh, in the ancient Hawaiian language means to heal, to cure, to give life, and to spare. Our mission is to provide first-rate um, care with a whole-person approach for physical, spiritual, and emotional healing through medical care, prayer, pastoral counseling, inner healing like Soza, um, and revealing um, God's love through partnering with community churches and um, all these lovely organizations that are outreaching for the community. Um, we, we welcome you actually to uh, our clinic if you're free today after service. Um, we have an open house. This is what the pamphlet is about. Uh, it's in your, in your bulletin. Yeah. You'll see a handout about it. Yeah, and feel free to, we want to share about the vision and just God's continued um, just pouring of blessings in our journey of opening this urgent care. The planned opening date is April 16, serving the Kalihi, including the underserved and the homeless. We're partnering with a clinic in Kona, um, and they've been running the clinic for over three years. And an example through the three years of relationship, there's a homeless lady who had been coming in, their kids were in the car, the kids weren't going to school, and through the process over three years, got connected with the staff, with the church, and is 
going to church is found a job and the kids are going to school. That's just, just one example of the relationships that we've built. So that small token of our gratitude was a bottle and on it has a logo. It's a butterfly representing um, just our trust that God's continued plan for Kalihi is to, for it to be a community of the light. So thank you for Amen. partnering with us. Thank you. You get a mug. Oh, Honolulu Theater for Youth. This is Junior. Very cool organization. They've done some uh, cool things, uh, outreach this year. And uh, Pastor Antonio sometimes uh, acts in their, uh, their productions to boot. Yeah, I've, I've, I definitely do feel at home seeing Andrew and Joe and, and Tony in the, in the audience. So thank you so much for inviting our organization to you. One of some of the questions that we like to ask in the Honolulu Theater for Youth is, who in the community have we not worked with yet? What, who in the community needs a voice? Someone who cannot speak up for themselves. So, so some, these are some of the questions that we ask ourselves and who we can reach out to in the, in the community. So your monies also do help us reach out to uh, kids who are Title I, who wouldn't be able to afford to come. And even with the families, especially families with two, four, 18 kids mm -hmm. who wouldn't be able to come to see the shows for them to be able to come see the show. So my question to you is, have you ever been to a five-star restaurant and the waiter come up to you and say, hey, no worry, pay what you can. Have you ever gone to a staycation or your honeymoon and the bellhop saying, hey, no worry, brah, pay what you can. This is something, a program we're trying to start at the Honolulu Theater for Youth. It's not for all the performances, because we wouldn't be able to survive ourselves, but at least one, one performance for every show, we're trying to reach out to more families, especially in the, the communities that have just come up here, yeah. for them to come to the theater and just pay what you can because we know it's, families can struggle, uh, family, moms and dads really want to bring their kids to something like this, but they look at the prices and, and, and they can't afford it. This is what we're trying to do and so cool. your monies certainly help us with that, especially if, I'm, if I ask you, have any of you ever seen an underground avant-garde children's theater company? A lot of, we're still not known a lot in, in, in Hawaii, so I invite all of you to please come see our shows and see the voices of the Micronesians that, that we present in our theater. See the, the autistic child that speaks out from, from our show. And uh, soon um, about the military community the, who's, who, who's not really understood when they come in. Those are the voices that we're trying to speak up. For. Always something cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, bless you, man. Always something interesting going on there. Ho'oleapono Kahumoani is here with us today. Oh, one of our favorites. 
So uh, a ton of us already know about Ho'oleopono, but why don't you explain? Okay. Aloha mai kako, blue water ohana. Aloha. Aloha. Great to be here and just on behalf of Ho'oleopono, which some of you are already a part of our ohana, we just want to say mahalo nunui loa. Thank you guys so much. Um, we've seen the Lord and His transforming mana, His power, move in the hearts of people in our community. So Ho'oleopono means to listen well carefully, intently, rightly, and justly. And um, it was a vision God gave about 14 years ago, but was birthed into a two-week immersion into the Hawaiian community, where we just come to listen intently at the feet of kupuna, elders, Hawaiian sovereignty activists, um, mahi'ai, kalo, taro farmers, fish, people that are malama aina, giving their lives to really care for the, this aina of Hawaii and um, pour their lives out, you know, in order to make this aina um, continually prosperous. And for those of you that don't know, um, because of the historical injustices in Hawaii, a lot of our Hawaiian community don't always see the relevance of Christianity. And in fact, due to the illegal overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom and key players being like descendants of early missionaries, all those kinds of things, um, the injustices of the past and then perpetual injustices, you know, even from the historical trauma that affects our communities today. Because of that, a lot of our people um, are resistant sometimes, you know, to Jesus. But we also know that that wasn't our Yesu's heart. Um, you know, that was the greed of man, as we're talking about money and the culture of money today. So um, we get to come and be an intergenerational interdenominational, multi-ethnic ohana, you know, reflecting the kingdom of God and just come in a humble posture with hopes to um, really reflect the humble heart of God who cares about these things of injustice and brings a gospel that's relevant to the people. So it's been beautiful, it's been powerful and amazing, and we're excited for what the Lord has in store this year. But thank you so much for your partnership. Bless we you. love you. Give me that. You keep that. Some ministry, it's all about humility and, and connection. And, and Camp Agape. Pastor Roy's here. Love these guys. How are you, man? Smile. There's your mug and your check. So a lot of us as well know about Camp Agape, but why don't you explain the ministry to the folks? Yeah, Camp Agape is for Camp for the Children of Incarcerated, and we started 12 years ago, actually 13 years ago, and first camp we invited 1,600 children, and we had uh, 50 children come to our first camp. But it was so awesome. Agape is God's unconditional love, and we want the kids to come to the camp to know that, you know, at the foot of the cross there's level ground doesn't matter what you have and don't. And we like all the kids that came to our first camp, all of them accepted the Lord at the first camp. And today they became our leaders at our, at our ministry in the camps. And it's such an awesome thing to see the kids grow and taking off that path of destruction and come in on this path of righteousness. And it's so awesome because uh, we do the camp and then we do a mentorship program with the kids with aquaponics and a smokehouse and it's for the college funds. And then we take the video from the camps and we take it to the prisons and we do big revivals. And at this next month, we're praying for us, we're going up to Arizona. We're doing this big outreach with 50 people. 
and we're going to bring God's love there. And uh, we, we went there and did outreach, and, you know, the men, just the biggest revival we see, the head gang, shot callers give their life to the Lord. And at our camp this year, we had over 70 ex-inmates serving at the camp and giving back to the children, and it was such a so blessing. Cool. So thank you so much for your love and the support, Pastor. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. Right now, all of our kids that came to our camp, uh, they run our church. They do the tithes. They do the offering. They, they run the whole church. They do the worship. And I go on stage maybe about twice a year, so what a blessing. Three times. Thanks, man. You're doing great. Cool stuff. Uh, so, I mean, yeah more going on than we as a congregation could ever keep track of uh, ourselves and it's just a, a tremendous honor to partner with you guys and you know this is just such a, a net of love uh, and and care that you represent so you know thank you so much the, uh, the checks are just a small token of encouragement please keep going keep going and uh, and build 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 the ohana in the ways that that you do Thanks for letting us be a part of it. Um, locally and internationally, uh, this year Blue Water has given away, um, I forget, somewhere around $150,000. Um, and so thanks to all of you for being part of that. Uh, God bless you. Please can't stand. Sonia's gonna pray to close us. If you're brand new, come say aloha to me. I'd love to give you a blessing. See you next week at 9 a.m. I want to pray for us specifically. I want us to acknowledge together something really important is happening today. Do you guys feel that? I think as we're sharing and hearing what's happening in the community, I know my heart is getting really stirred. And I just want us to acknowledge and to invite as a Blue Water family and as a local community for this thing that God is stirring to continue to open our hearts. So let's just pray together. God, we thank you so much for uh, uh, the opportunity of this morning. And we say yes, we see. Yes, we say yes to the, um, uh, the freedom you want to give us. Uh, and it's not just about letting go. It's walking in. It's opening up. And so we say yes to what you want to speak to us. Lord, we pray that as you want to release vision for greater impact, uh, through the power you've given us, that you would release those visions now and this week, that we, that we would hear from you more clearly. And we just say yes to the love that you want to pour out in our community locally. Um, and we say yes to the relationships that you are building this morning um, between us. We say yes to your spirit, and we just thank you for the um, invitation you've given us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen.